Good morning from Vancouver, everybody. This is another solo episode. My name is Trevor Bohm. I'm rebranding this uh, as the Uncivilized Podcast. We're going to move away from Uncivilized Unplugged, even though those are still going to happen. But uh, welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. Again, solo episode. I got an interesting question the other day from Amber Hawken. If you don't know Amber, go take a look at her on Instagram and give her a follow. And she was asking me when, what do I do when guys ask about uh, incorporating and calling in both the king and the warrior archetype? Like, what does she do and what guidance do I give to guys who are curious about that? So that's what I'm going to tackle in this episode, the king archetype and the warrior archetype. Before we get into that, if you guys are interested in buying my new book, Man Uncivilized, which is crushing shit, blowing guys' hearts open. You please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. It is the Bible of the uncivilized movement. Get one, get five, get 10. I've actually had someone who's bought 40 copies of that book. Isn't that crazy? So manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. Okay, let's dive in. Let's talk about the king archetype and the warrior archetype. Now, these are two very desired archetypes in men, right? When we think of pillars of society or What's cool? What's something to, uh, to aspire to? It's this king energy and this warrior energy. And we hear this a lot in, in the spiritual worlds and kind of the conscious relating worlds and the conscious communicating worlds. Of, oh, I want a king. I want, I want to call in these archetypes. So let's take a look at first the king archetype. Or I'm sorry, let's take a look. You know, actually, let's take a look at the warrior archetype. What does the warrior archetype represent and why is it important in men? I believe it is in our nature and some of our nature and most of our nature to want to be protective, right? If someone comes and bangs on my door real loud and I'm sitting here with a group of people, I'm going to go to the door. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who are you and what are you doing? And how can I stop you if you're not up to, to, to if you're up to no good? Uh, we saw this the other day and there's that stabbing in, in London on the London bridge and some dude pulled a knife out and started stabbing people. And what did we see? three or four guys got um, fire extinguishers and their hands and they kind of beat this dude down until, until the cops came in. And fortunately, I know some people got upset by it, but I'll say fortunately shot him. So who was that that showed up and did that? It was men, right? Men taking on bad men, good men taking down bad men. And that's in our nature. I believe it's in some of our nature. It's in a lot of our nature. If we look at the military, we look at police, uh, it's mostly done by men. Not to say that there aren't amazing women in each of those fields and in all protective fields, but it's primarily men. So guys who are interested in this, interested in calling in the warrior archetype, you have to ask yourself, what does a warrior do? In times of war, he goes out and he fights. In times of peace, he protects, he holds the line. If we're not actively in a time of war, which most of us living in Western society are not actively engaging in war, uh, we're not going to get into geopolitical politics, but we're not actually, no one's attacking the US, Canada, um, a lot of, of Western Europe. So we're safe, but therefore, how do we still call in that energy into our families and into our lives? What, what do you have to do to be prepared for war? You have to be ready which means you have to be actively engaged in the activities of readiness. So for me, that means you gotta be training. 
either in a martial art, in fitness, in some kind of sport, preferably that has a physicality with another human. So I, then this isn't, let's, let's just frame this. I'm not talking about to be a man, you have to do this. To be uncivilized, to count yourself as one of us, you are engaging in some kind of martial practice. And I don't care where your physicality lies, right? One of my good friends, again, named PJ Dixon, who is wheelchair bound, he still trains just to have the mindset, just to call in the energy, right? I don't care what your physical limitations are. You can still be engaged in some form of training or the training thought. If you are a quadriplegic and you cannot get out of bed, you can be thinking like, how can I headbutt motherfuckers if they start shit in my room? You're just engaging with the idea first and if possible, engaging with the training, right? Because what, what happens in war, we don't go, oh, I think war is coming. I go, if someone's banging on the door, like, okay, let me take six weeks, get my skills sharp, get in shape, do some push-ups. No, you're, you're, you're ready. And you're walking around within a state of readiness. And you're also walking around in a state of awareness, right? One of the chapters in my book is uh, put your back to the door or never put your back to the door, right? And it came from my bodyguarding days when I never want to sit with my back to a door in a restaurant. It drives me crazy. I never want to sit with my back to a door in a public space because I couldn't do that in that job. And I did that job for almost a decade. I wanted to have a full vision of the restaurant, of the public venue, of whatever it was. And so when I go to go out to eat, I always ask people, hey, do you mind if we switch? It's, it's not the biggest of deal, but it'll, it'll drive me a little bit nuts. If you don't mind, I would like to have my front facing the restaurant, front facing the venue. So it's little things like that, right? It's, it's developing your, your attunement of where are the exits in, in my own, in your own city, where's the hospital? Do you have a, a get out bag? Do you have my, my ex-wife and I used to have like eight weeks worth of canned food and water because we lived in Santa Barbara. And like if there's an earthquake or a fire, hmm, that happened. Mudslide, that happened. Like we had candles, had a radio. It wasn't like full on, you know, bunker and a million dollars worth of equipment and 90,000 guns. It was canned food. It was water. It was candles. It was batteries. It was, it was propane. It was stuff that we went, okay, if the 101 North and the 101 South get shut off, we're good for like two months until basic services can be returned to an area. We're good. It was, but less so than having all that is the mindset. So those of you that want to call in the archetype, archetypes get called in through action and actions come from calling an archetype. So first have the intention. I want people to be safer because I walk among them. Hear that. Let people be safer for I walk among them. I just got asked if I would add anything to the ethos, what would it be? And that was, that was one of the points. Let people be safer for I walk among them. It was one of the bodyguarding maxims. Like no one needs to know. I don't need to have a shirt on that says like, we'll fuck shit up. We'll protect you. But knowing that I'm going to take a stand, I'm going to step up. If there is a problem, I'm going to try to fix it. If there's a, an issue, I'm going to try to eliminate it. I will do that knowing that for the good of the people. They're sheep and sheepdogs, right? So it's the mindset of, okay, I've got that. Now, in order to act on that and not just be an internet warrior, what do I actually have to do? I've got to lift some weights. 
got to learn some self-defense. I have to engage in a martial practice. I may, I may just want to be comfortable with weapons. Doesn't mean you have to walk around armed, but you may want to know how to shoot a gun. You want to know how to shoot a bow and arrow. You may want to know how to do some basic knife defense. And engaging in these activities will call in the archetype. But more so, I'd say it's a mindset. And the mindset is what I just gave you. Let people be safer for I walk among them. And that's not even a deep dive into are you safe? Have you gone to therapy? Have you dealt with your trauma? That's a whole different conversation. So that's the warrior archetype. Now let's talk about the king archetype. King's another big one. That everyone's like, I want king energy. Okay, amazing. So think of a king in the modern day as the CEO of a company. He has to have a vision for where it's going. Has to have an understanding of the people to understand of who he rules over. Right? So if that's just the basic frame, how do we do this day to day in a, a society that doesn't really need a lot of kings? And let's also throw the asterisks in there that if we watch Game of Thrones, Joffrey was a king. And so there's also a shadow side to a king, just like there's a shadow side to the warrior which is the tyrant, which is the abuser. So the shadow side of the king, right, is someone who's taking advantage of his power. But we'll go to the light side. One, you have to have vision, the clarity of where this is all going. Where are you going? What are you building? Who are your people? Who do you serve? Think about that too. King has like a shepherd quality to him. So here's what I say to guys say, hey, I want to call in the king energy. I'm like, cool. First, you better clean up the little boy problems in your life. You got credit card debt? A lot of kings don't have credit card debt. Clear that shit up. Having conversation or not having conversations because you're scared of them? Have the conversations because kings don't worry about that. They're not they're okay upsetting their flock. Kings have a council around them. They listen to people, they take people's advice, they call in experts, but then at the end of the day, they make their own decisions. They're independent of the good opinion of society. They're independent of the good opinion of the civilized world. If you're ungrounded, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know where you wanna take your community, if you don't know where you wanna take your family, if you don't know where you wanna lead, how can you call yourself a king if you're still stuck in junior high school shit? Right? If you're eating poorly, if you're jerking off to a lot of porn, if you won't have a conversation with your queen, then please don't call in the king energy. Or don't claim yourself a king. Like go on Instagram and there's a bunch of dudes with long hair calling themselves kings, walking around in robes. The modern day king doesn't have to be dressed as a king, looking like a king. He acts like a king. One of my good friends uh, is very, very high up in a, a multi-billion dollar hedge fund in New York, has an amazing family, amazing wife, amazing kids, owns multiple homes, is involved, flies all over the world making deals. He, to me, represents the king energy. Not because of the, the size of his bank account. Because first comes family, taking care of his queen, taking care of his king. He knows exactly where he wants to go with the family. 
He knows exactly where he wants to take the business. He surrounds himself with good people. He's in communication. Like I, I, I've hung out with him and from 6.30 in the morning, he's on the phone talking to people, talking to advisors, checking on things. He spends a couple hours alone with his kids or with his family, then comes back to work, checks on things. How are things? Makes the hard calls. Okay, they need me to fly to Japan for this meeting. I'll do it. I'm going to go meet with another king. Zero fucks about that. They're like, no, 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 I'll have someone else. No, he's 100% responsible. Here's what people don't like hearing about the king energy. It's, it's the ultimate in leadership. Like, follow some of Jocko's stuff. It's 100% responsibility for the entire kingdom. When, when I work with men, say, if you are the CEO of your life, then you are responsible for everything getting done or getting delegated. Right? When I owned the gym, when I owned CrossFit Pacific Coast, I took the trash out for the first three years as CEO or as owner or co-owner, whatever you want to call me. The trash needed to go out. At some point, we hired someone to take the trash out. We hired someone to mop the floors. We hired someone to clean the toilets. But for the first three years of that business, that was me and my business partner. Because the bottom line was it needed to get done. So again, calling in the king energy, take a look at your life. What are the things that need to get done that aren't getting done? Do them or delegate them. Just like if you were a CEO. Do them or delegate them, but mostly take responsibility. And so embodying this stuff, guys, this is, this is a big question, right? We can just talk about what they are, but how do you embody them? With both archetypes, and I think with all archetypes, the very first thing is how you sit in your own skin. How you carry yourself. How you see yourself. One of the more interesting kind of mind games I used to do uh, before I was writing professionally, but I wanted to, was when I flew internationally and, you know, on customs forms, you have to fill out, like, what do you do? I would put writer. I just want to see it on paper. I just wanted to feel it. I wanted to walk up to the customs guy. Like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a writer. They weren't like, show me your books, you fake. Like, cool, what do you write? Oh, I write for fitness magazines. I write a blog. Now I can say, oh, I write my own books. But I wanted to plant the seed because even if those 15, 20 minutes before walking up to customs and 15, 20 minutes after walking away from customs, I felt like a writer. I embodied a writer. I walked how writers walked. I thought how writers thought. I got this little bit of a high, like an adrenaline rush or a dopamine hit. I'm like, yeah, I'm a writer. So first, it's how you carry yourself. If you want to portray and embody the warrior archetype, consider yourself a warrior and ask yourself how warriors live and then close the gap. Same with the king. Ask yourself how a king would live and then close the gap from where you are to that personification. If you're just waking up this morning and super curious about the warrior archetype, how do you embody it? What would a warrior do throughout his day or her day? But mostly this is for men, so I'm just going to use his. 
he would have to train. He would have to eat good foods. He would be vigilant. He would ask himself questions. What would I do in this situation? What would I do if things went wrong? One of the old, uh, old habits that took me a while to break from being a fighter was when I shook guys' hands, I would measure their arm mentally. Like, oh, someone reaches out to shake my hand, I just think, oh, he's got a long reach. It means he's gonna have a good jab. It took a couple of years to break that habit. But that was the vigilance. And why was it the vigilance? It was because guys punched me in the face every day. So it was important to me to know how long their damn arms were. Now people don't punch me in the face, so I'm not as concerned with how long their arms are. When I was bodyguarding, one of the very first things we had to do, I was often the, uh, the advance man, meaning I would go to the venue ahead of time. I would get the lay of the land. I would know where the exits are, where the bathrooms are, where's the local police station, where's the local hospital, how do I get there, what are two different routes to each place, what are two different routes to each bathroom. Right? It was vigilant around that stuff because it was important. I needed to know it. If I have a client who's like, hey, where's the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just wander around. That's how things get go hairy or get hairy. I go, hey, come with me. It's down this hallway, down this hallway, down these stairs right here. I'll wait outside. The likelihood of something going awry is, is far less. So how would you embody what a warrior does and what a king does? And then take stock. Where are you now? Why haven't you done it now? Did you just not know? It's okay if you just didn't know. Did you know and it was scary? Did you know and it was confronting? Did you know and it went against some story that you have? All warriors are abusive. All kings are tyrants. Look into that. Because you're going to bump into your own shit when you do these, these embodiments. What's the shadow? Are you scared of the shadow? Have you dove into the shadow? Where can you be a tyrant? Where can you be abusive? Where have you misused your strength in the past? All of this question and answer will lead you to why you're not getting there now. The uncivilized man is both a warrior and a king. He embodies both. The healthy version of both. The 2019 version of both. The incorporated version of both. Right, Primal version of both, divine version of both. They're beautiful archetypes to call in, and they both take work. Being a warrior is going to require some push-ups and some bruises. Being a king is going to require some hard decisions, eating some shit as a leader. But the longer and more deeply you embody both, the more they will change you and the more noticeable they'll be wherever you go. And one of the big things you guys all are interested in is being undeniable, right? I think the, when I put it in, in simple terms, the uncivilized man is safe, he's sovereign, and he's undeniable. Notice when guys walk into a room and everybody looks at them or everybody notices them or their energy precedes them. They're most likely embodying either the king or the warrior or both archetypes because both are highly noticeable. Both are different. 
than how an unconscious man who's just like, I don't know, I just kind of, you know, I just wander. I have no intention. I have no mission. I have no purpose. I'm not building anything. I don't follow an ethos. I don't surround myself with strong brothers. I don't surround myself with people who call me forth and hold me to a high standard. I don't have the hard conversations. I actually choose the lesser path, the easier path. That's most men. It's not a knock. It's just true. Most people by nature are inherently lazy. My friend Mark Drabkin told me that in Japan when we were 12. Like, holy shit, that's a pretty deep thought for like a 12-year-old, dude. But it's true. Most people and most organisms by nature are inherently lazy. Why put out a lot of energy to not get back that energy's worth? So be willing to do things that other men aren't willing to do. Do that in relation to both of these archetypes and watch your life change. I hope this was helpful. This is another mini solo episode. If you guys are interested in my work, please go to Instagram and follow me at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M. You can go to www.manuncivilized.com to get my book. Again, manuncivilized.com forward slash the book. Please rate this on iTunes, share it, pass it around, help me spread the word. My mission is to affect the way a million men express their masculinity by changing the culture. By changing the culture, because culture dictates behavior. Thanks so much. Cheers from Vancouver. Out.